From what's on to what matters, it's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. And joining me in the studio today, it is the one, the only, it is really legally blonde. There's no false advertising today. Good morning and welcome, Lauren O'Brien. Good morning. How what are a beautiful you? day. Isn't I'm, it magnificent? I'm sensational, thanks. It's just magnificent. Mm-hmm. You and I were just standing outside in the sun and it's just gorgeous. Yeah, I did my sunrise walk at six. Aren't you good? The, uh, the sky was the most divine um, orange. It was a bit like mm. your uh, headphones that I'm mm. looking at that are festooned in bedazzling they kind are bedazzled, of bedazzled aren't they yeah mm. so yeah. i'm great yeah well, that's good was did you see was there fo- there was supposed to be fog this morning there was, was huge th- fog all the way from kind of out west across bar beach right oh, out to the ocean nice. I've, got, I've got some photographs oh, i can share lovely oh that's yeah. very nice. i'm that person that's yeah. very grown up of you i well, like it you know yeah, you've, got to, you've got to have some aspects of your yeah. personality that are actually grown grown up, up. yeah i know apparently i, just, yeah. I think you know I, i'm just ba- i think i'll be a unicorn hmm. can i do that I'll just be a unicorn. Put my head in the sand. Look, you can be you can be whatever you want to be. You can. Listen, I've got a good story about that. I, years ago, I was at a lunch with Jane Needham, SC, who's the um, head of the bar association. She's got twins, and she was telling me that her little girl, because the her partner stays at home. This is not like I'm not speaking at a school. Mm. She's the career person, earns all the money, and and the husband stays at home, raises the kids. And she said her little girl said, "Mummy." Can boys be whatever they want to? Oh, God love her. And she said, darling, boys can be whatever they want. That is so <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I love it. But isn't that fantastic yep. that that's how she looks at it? She just wondered, I wonder if boys yeah, can boys do what can they do want. Too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is Looking beautiful. Looking after the brother. Yeah. Now, look, we have uh, we have a very interesting one today, and we are going to go across, uh, across the hour because uh, it is such a significant announcement. Now... As I've been talking about this morning, um, there was a leaked draft judgment that came out yesterday. The U.S. Supreme Court is set to overturn the 1973 Roe v. Wade judgment that legalised abortion across the U.S. But you know, it, it is it is far-reaching. But what I thought we'd do in our in our first little chat is just have a bit a bit of a chat about the history mm. um, and what Roe v. Wade actually is, so that we can we can position this entire thing for uh, for our listeners so from your perspective what is Roe vs Wade? Well I thought I'd start with um, the history of birth control so earliest civilizations have indicia of wax or lard to mold into a cervical cap to control reproduction so archaeologists have found I mean I love that you didn't know that no I didn't yeah because I know that you just for the listeners Tracy is way more across Ray versus Wade than I am um, so this really comes down to reproductive health policies and selective reproduction so the yeah. basis so the story of Roe and Vey, uh, sorry I say Roe and Wade but of course if it's American it's Roe versus Wade mm. um Roe versus Wade is an abortion case. The woman who wanted to have an abortion later turned into an anti-choice activist. Mm. So by the time this law was passed or this precedent was set, it was too late for her to actually take advantage of the law. So Sarah Weddington grew up in West Texas, the daughter of a minister. She finished law school and her husband openly acknowledged he he thought she's way smarter than he is, but she couldn't get a job. So this is back, you know... Roe versus Wade is 1973, yeah. Mm. So she was going for these jobs and everyone, apparently all these employers were saying, well, you know, you're clearly smart but you're just going to get pregnant. <laughs> she, so she had the time to work on this abortion case for free. 
because she was considered pretty much unhirable on account of her being a woman. So she decides to keep her mind active and to achieve something. She goes to work for a feminist abortion access collective and they're looking for a good test plaintiff to try to get something up. Mm. They find a woman called Norma McCorvey who's de-identified to the name Jane Rowe. Now, I don't know if everybody knew that. So the person is not Jane Rowe or no, Rowe. It's Norma McCorvey. Um, there was another Supreme Court, a Supreme Court case happening which already had the name Jane Doe. So we couldn't do Jane Doe. Couldn't do Jane Doe, so they did Jane Rowe. So Norman McCorvey, the artist previously known as Jane Rowe, wants an abortion and so... Sarah Weddington they, and, and this Feminist Abortion Access Collective mount a constitutional challenge against Texas's – gosh, I can't speak today – against – lots of A's – against Texas's anti-abortion laws saying they're anti-constitutional. And that's where we get into some of the interesting law in the US, which is the Constitution allows you the right to bear arms, but it doesn't give you the right to control your own body. Well, it's actually – an amalgamation oh, – I don't think I've printed the right bit off. Uh, it, it's an amalgamation of five different constitutional rights. I think it's one, three, four, five and nine. And what's 14? Is the, Oh, here we go. Yeah, one, three, four, five, nine and 14 amendments. So it's based on the right to privacy. So this Sarah Weddington ends up in the Supreme Court before all these other matters. She's 25 years old. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. <laughs> she's 25. She, so, changed the, she changed history and she's 25 years old. So the of age. state of Georgia had a case that was progressing and there were lots of other abortion cases that um, people were keeping their eye on, but no one was bothering to push it because there was no money in it. Of course there's not. So she ends up in the Supreme Court and she pushes – so there's Griswold and Connecticut law. That law forbade people, including married couples, from obtaining contraception. So it was challenged. She challenged that in, in her matter. She was saying um, – so basically the Supreme Court wanted to strike it down but couldn't find an easy way in the Constitution. So she says, well, if the right to privacy is in in the shades of 13459 and the 14 Amendments – um, she tried to catch the right to choose contraception. Mm. So the Griswold precedent holds that the government could not interfere with marriage, sex, contraception, childbearing, procreation and education of children. So basically that these are things that should be left to the determination of the individual. Not so, the state. Mm. Yeah, so her argument was, well, let's extend that to cover the right to choose a termination or to choose to carry a fetus to birth viability. It's So before Roe Ro versus Wade, abortion was a state-level thing. If you needed to get an abortion or wanted an abortion, you had to effectively take a, an abortion road trip. Which is what we're going to go back to if this, if this legislation goes through. Now, the other, there was also a, a second case that was, uh, was mentioned in this draft opinion, which was Roe versus Casey, which was another landmark abortion judgment, which was 1992. And it reaffirmed um, the central tenet of Roe that women have the right to terminate pregnancy up to the... Pe the now, I, now it's yeah. catching. Yeah. Up to the point of fetal viability. Now... <laughs> What they've said in this draft judgment is that uh, they rejected it 
Egregiously. Thank you. You're welcome. Wrong from the start. So they're, may, they're having this opinion. There are four, four conservative judges, so let's just be open and honest. There are four Republican judges mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court. As we know, it is very conservative now. Um, we knew that, uh, that the minute Amy got appointed to the Supreme Court that this was in trouble. Um, so, you know, we're talking about a court case that, is, that has been a precedent for 48 years, Lauren. I, I, can't, mm. I was born in 73. There's never been a time where you couldn't get an abortion. I think you've touched on a very interesting topic. Um, so Ruth Bayer Ginsburg raised issues with Roe versus Wade while she was being confirmed under Clinton. So her issue was that it's couched because it's couched in US constitutional right for privacy. It's not a fundamental issue of bodily autonomy. The way that it, that Roe versus Wade actually operates is it's still not an autonomous right to a woman it's still in consultation with your physician Mm. just let that sink in so roe versus wade says up to you know 23 24 weeks viability you and your physician make that choice so it's still not really passing the baton over to the person that's actually got the uterus and the fetus to deciding and i think ruth uh, bayer ginsburg said it was about a very small woman and a very tall doctor so there was still a shadow <laughs> being cast. Mm. Um, so it did legalise abortion, but in a limited way. Mm. So it only basically set legal abortion until the period of, inverted commas, fetal viability. So I've read and some interesting stuff time. about well, fetal mm. viability. So if I'm pregnant to you, do you start paying me child support? No. Oh, hang on. So it's not actually viable mm. for child support till it becomes outside of my body. So there's, you know, there's a lot of... Um, Mm. I mean, Were you surprised by this announcement sort of yesterday? I mean, I, I, it came out of left field. There's no doubt about that. And Roe versus Wade, it, it, it's just, well, as I said to you, it's been in my head forever. I can't remember a time mm. where I didn't know about this case. Um, but it, it is very interesting that uh, you know, Roe, as you said, you know, she is now very, you know, she's anti-abortion in, in a big way. And just to uh, just to give you the, you know, the full information, um, Wade was actually the, uh, it was Henry Wade who was the Dallas County District Attorney at the time. So he's also ingrained in history. Um, that's that's Henry Wade. And uh, it really is, it is an interesting one. It's uh, it's something that has been part of, uh, of the American psyche for so, so long. Right. So under current law, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Government cannot interfere with a woman's choice to terminate a pregnancy before about 23 weeks. So is that when a fetus could live outside the womb? That's what my reading was, is that once the fetus can live outside the womb... So we might get to the, the where we're sitting at the moment in just uh, mm. just a moment. We might take a quick... Bit of a quick break so people can just uh, download what we've uh, what we said from a historical perspective. I'm going to play a song which is actually uh, it's only just been released today. It's from um, from Piku Panes and it's actually Lauren's daughter. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Didn't know that you were going to announce that. Talk about nepotism. Nepotism. Yeah, I said to Tracy, look, my daughter's just released this um, song today with a band because they're about to go on tour. Do you reckon you could play it later? But no, here we go in the middle of Legally Blunt Fantastic. Let's play it. Let's play it. It is great. Enjoy. Now now tell us us a little bit about the song before I play it because uh, it's quite interesting, the uh, topic of of this in light of what we're talking about now. 
Well, I haven't checked with Mia, so I'll just give you some bullet points. So my daughter's Mia. She's got a band called Piku Panez. It's a six-piece outfit, five women uh, and one male. Mia and I went to Europe for her 21st and I left her over there. And she she travelled for another six months or so once I was home. I was going to say, you didn't just leave her over there and yeah, decide just to come left home. her. Yeah. I said I've had a gutful of you. You're staying. Um, and so she just started jamming around Europe and she was followed home by a bloke one night, I understand, which um, wasn't not, very enjoyable. No. So no this well. song's called Crocodile and I think it's about feeling unsafe walking at night and... Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Here it is. It has only been released this morning. It is from local band Piku Panaz. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. That is absolutely beautiful. It is uh, Piku Panaz and the track is Crocodile and you can get it on uh, Spotify right now. It's only been released this morning and it is extremely impressive. I just, uh, I love it. It's very, uh, it's very chilled, Lauren. It's, mm. uh, it's beautiful, lovely song. Congratulations, Mia. It's just wonderful and uh, no doubt the good stuff. We'll have a chat with, uh, with Piku Panaz as, uh, as their tour gets closer but I can thoroughly recommend if you grab Crocodile, it's on Spotify at the moment. Moment. Now, Lauren, we uh, we have been talking about what's going on in the U.S. and this draft document that has been leaked out of the Supreme Court. Now, that in itself, I know I was going to say, hmm, whoops. How did it has never happened? As far as people know, it has never happened, and uh, it has actually been verified by people who have worked in the court. Um, that you know, it's 94 pages. It has appendices. It has... Well, that's easy to accidentally leak, clearly. E- easy. Easy. Come on, mate. It, it's incredible. And uh, for Politico to, to run with it, obviously they had to get their sources done. Um, I know that almost every media outlet that I was listening to uh, overnight has gone and got court experts and everybody to make sure that obviously this is verified. And other than getting whoever wrote it to confirm it, it is confirmed that this has come out of the Supreme Court. Now, could you ever imagine something like that happening in the US, that a, in, um, in Australia, that a judgment that has been made has been leaked to the media before the draft has even been finalised or mm. before the document is even here? It's quite disturbing, isn't it? Well, it's disturbing on lots of levels. Don't, don't let's get started on Julian Assange and the right oh. to... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah. Um, so basically, as we've been saying, it uh, it will have a major impact uh, across the country because many have uh, have already signalled that they, that they will pull back those laws. So what, what we think will happen is that more than 20 states in the US have laws that restrict or ban abortion. Now, as soon as this, uh, if this does get through, the minute that that happens, it will trigger these laws. So as soon as it goes through, it will trigger these laws. How does that happen? Well, I think it's worth noting that um, it has been said that that, that it's just a draft at the moment. So the draft opinions can change before a final ruling. Mm. So it's not set in stone. Um, and I'd like to think that there'll be enough backlash from this preemptive strike um, that the activists get another surge. It, my my understanding is that, as I said, the Ruth um, Bay Ginsburg her her problem with Roe versus Wade was that there were already limitations placed upon it. So it's not like Roe versus Wade is a everybody can get an abortion. Mm. Um, 
another thing that people have mentioned um, problems with it is that there was the uh, now let me just find the quote um, it was about the undue burden so that a woman should have access to an abortion before the t- term of viability without undue burden but that of course then opened the door for pro uh, pro-life activists to say oh like it's t- 24 hours they can wait 24 hours right so you've got different states already that if you go to have an abortion you have to sit in the clinic and their interpretation of what's not an undue burden could be okay now you just have to watch this video there's a video called the biggest decision of your life and that's what you watch if you're pregnant and you want a termination some abortion clinics um, that are run by pro or you know that have got a very big pro-life activism attached to it um, you might have to go away for 24 hours you might have to go away for 48 hours now what that means like to, to make sure that you're mm, making the, the right, right decision, decision. Yeah. Um, it's prolonging the fetus staying in your uterus but also 48 hours if it's a Friday and there's a weekend and then there's a public holiday. There have been instances where women have been adamant they want a termination and 10 days later because, oh, it's not an undue burden. So it's not definitive anyway, is it? No, it's not at all. And it's also classist. So mm. if you're um, apparently, well, just I listened to a podcast this morning where a lot of women, when, when Roe versus Wade was happening, you could just get on a plane and go to Japan to get an abortion if you had the money. But if you weren't, if you were black, if you were poor, lots of other, you know, mm. if you prohibitive, you couldn't get transport to an abortion clinic, which was usually picketed by pro-lifers oh. and, you know, doctors would have firebombs and all the rest lifetime. of it. So, yeah, me too. I remember being a young woman. I grew up in Sydney and I remember I was about 16 getting the train into Central and there was... Amongst all the advertising in the train carriage, there was pretty much a drawing of a young woman with clearly a, a tummy, and it and it was for something at Caramar. I'll never forget C A R R A M A R, and it was if you're in trouble, that's where you can go because that that sort of information wasn't given to you. You don't say to your mum or dad, um, "Where do I go to? to get where a do I go? P.S. Where do I go to get a termination?" Mm, yeah. And there were instances where you know you've got. For instance, a young woman who falls pregnant just is terrified, doesn't know what to do, and then doesn't end up being able to tell her parents until she's past the viability mm. stage, and then it yeah. it really is horrendous. And you know, Texas has already um, done some draconian laws. The fact that roughly it, it's six weeks, you've got until six weeks to have an abortion in the in Texas. Now, some of us don't even know we're pregnant at six weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it, it's just it's just horrendous, Lauren. Obviously, um, this is all, all based in the U.S. Um, we understand very clearly that we are talking about U.S. politics. We are talking about a U.S. law. What do you see as the ramifications um, for Australia? Do you see any? Do you see an increase in the popularity of the uh, pro-life um, group? Do you see it? No, as- I think. It, well, this is just my own opinion. Mm. I have nothing to base it on, but I don't think we operate. Our country doesn't operate the way the US does. And don't forget, a major thing is we have Medicare. So embedded in all of this abortion discourse is it's complicated by so many things, not just class systems, but if you have an early termination, for instance, it costs between 300 to 500 US dollars. If it's later, it costs a lot more. It's more complicated. It might take a few days for them to, you know, open your cervix. And if it's a larger fit, all these, I mean, it's just... 
we just don't have a lot of these hurdles anyway. So in Australia, if you want to have a termination, you have a termination. Mm. I do worry with the Americanization of, of this election, um, you know, it, we are it, at this point in time, we're, we're, you know, we're arguing over prime ministers. That's not who we vote for. You know, who are they, where are their policies? You know, who, yeah, but that's who are as old as time, member? isn't it? Yeah. That's politics. Um, yeah. I do, um, I do worry about uh, giving, giving air to the pro-lifers that, uh, that this will potentially give them the impetus to, to go again. Um, well, you know, I, I, I just hold know. hope. Remember we were arguing about um, Scott Morrison's religious anti-discrimination bill. In, in my waters, I said, I just can't see this happening mm. based on nothing else other than... Mm. We've had – no, I, I can't see it having any real ramification here. Interestingly, though, um, where we're at with Roe versus Wade, it was last November, and correct me if I'm wrong, so it was last November, which is, what, only six months mm-hmm. ago, the US Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case that has got us here today. So Dobbs, and, uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organisation centres on a 2018 Mississippi law banning abortion after 15 weeks except in, quote, medical emergencies or for severe fetal abnormality. You can still get around that. Mm. I mean, that's what we do as humans. We legislate laws and then we work out ways around it. So if I was a pro-abortion doctor, wouldn't you find a medical emergency? Of course you I mean, without being... Mm. um, Because the other thing that pro-lifers do um, with that whole this isn't too much of an undue burden um, (laughs) was telling young women that... There was an increased chance of breast cancer if you have a termination. Are you serious? I think that was Texas. Uh, that the rate of uh, dying in the next 12 months after termination was increased. <laughs> yeah. And people believe this. Well, I would. If mm. I'm 16, I'm desperate. And you're sitting uh, with a doctor. You have to sit there with. Mm. You have to sit there and look at um, at fetal images. It's, it's, uh, yeah. The latest one too is um, pushing for non-funerary rights for abortive fetuses. So if you want to bury your fetus in a fun, yeah, I mean, I wow. got I got lost down some rabbit holes. You certainly did get lost down. Yeah, some rabbit I mean holes. that's kind of my specialty. I've got to say, yeah. when I was when I was at law school, I'd be answering a an essay and just end up like, how far away can I possibly be from the question? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I love about you, that you, you do go in, into yeah, these rabbit well, warrens. Yeah. Look, thank you so much because it, it is something that is grabbing the attention of the world at the moment. Um, you know, there was protests both sides yesterday at the Supreme Court in Washington. It's going to be a very interesting one. It's going to be a watch this space. But, you know, I know it is the US, but you know, as a woman who was born the same year as Roe vs. Wade came through, um, I just I can't live in a world where it's not my choice. No, and we need to make sure that women don't die because they're in backyard abortion mm. clinics, which is what we saw before this. Yeah, and it, it, as you, you said, you know, it, it's the unfair, it's the disproportionate, you know, the, the Hispanics, the the you know the African Americans. It's it's the number of those people who are going to get hit by this kind yep. of legislation. Or people who are saving up to have their termination. Just horrendous. Look, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for uh, for bringing that track to us. I'm yeah, like, well, just yeah. so you know, Picou Panez is uh, French for freckles. Okay. I didn't yeah, know that. just in case you wanted to know. So the band's freckles. The band is called Freckles and they call themselves uh, they call themselves the Pickles, actually. <laughs> oh, God, I love them. Because when Mia was travelling through France, um, she said that 
a lot of people would say, ah, Piku Penez, and she didn't understand what that meant. And then, because uh, she does have a lovely little smattering of freckles across her face. I love it. So, mm, Piku Penez, there it is. Well, look, thank you so much. I'm very excited for next week because oh we are, uh, we're bringing in uh, Legally Red and Legally Blonde into the studio. I'm so excited. We're going to uh, unpack the Johnny Depp Amber Heard mm. defamation case that is uh, is going on at the moment. There's just more and more coming out of that. So I'm very, very much looking forward to having yourself and Adrian Corbold so in the studio right. next week. And I'm, I'm going to suggest to Legally Red that we actually dress up as the character. So I'm going to be Johnny, Johnny Depp. Mm. I've got lots of big rings and I can draw some ta- – oh, I'm just going to be so cool as Johnny Depp. I can't wait. And he can be Amber Heard. I've got plenty of wigs. I've got lots of blonde wigs. Um, if you're listening, Adrian, that's what we're going to do. If you could probably dress as me, that would be good because I hear that's been happening. He has oh, been she dressing. Wore, she wore red uh, in Aquaman. She red did. There you go. So you get a, you get, her, get him oh, a red, oh, a red one. Oh, here we perfect. look. It's writing itself. Black's it's lens. Perfect. It's done. Done. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Lauren. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. Is, See you next it week. is a big one to uh, to unpack, and uh, and I greatly appreciate your time. The information provided in Legally Blonde is for general information purposes only and should not be taken as professional advice. Newcastle in the morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Joined by Michael Blacksland and covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.